So t tonight, I want to talk about heavenly citizenship. But before we begin, um, I wanted to share a little story um, that I read uh, this afternoon while preparing this. Joel Olstein writes in his book a true story about a famous golfer who was invited by the king of Saudi Arabia to play in a golf tournament. He accepted the invitation, and the king flew his private jet to the United States to pick up the pro. They played golf for several days and enjoyed a good time. As the golfer was getting on the plane to the return to the U.S., the king stopped him and said, I want to give you a gift for coming all this way and making this time so special. Anything you want, what could I get you? Ever the gentleman, the golfer replied, Oh, please, don't get me anything. You've been a gracious host. I've had a wonderful time. I couldn't ask for anything more. But the king was adamant. He said, No, I insist on uh, giving you something so you will always remember your journey to our country. When the golfer realized that the king was resolute, he said, okay, fine, I collect golf clubs. Why don't you give me a golf club? So he boarded the plane, and on his flight back, he couldn't help but wondering what kind of golf club the king might give him. He imagined it might be a solid gold putter with his name engraved on it, or maybe it would be a sandwich studded with diamonds and jewels. After all, it would be a gift from the oil-rich king of Saudi Arabia. When the golfer got home, he watched the mail and the delivery services every day to see if his golf club had come yet. Finally, several weeks later, he received a certified letter from the king of Saudi Arabia. The US professional thought that that was rather strange. Where's my golf club, he wondered. He opened the envelope, and to his surprise, inside he discovered a deed to a 500-acre golf course in America. Sometimes kings think differently than you and I. When the king and the golfer thought about the gift, the golfer could not grasp the kind of gift the king had in mind. Their minds were both on different levels. It is the same uh, with our thinking on what it means to be a citizen, both in America and a citizen of heaven. So we're going to look at heavenly citizenship tonight. In this Memorial Day, I want to continue to reflect on our citizenship. This morning, I reflected at the table on how once a year, our country sets aside a day of reflection to memorialize those who have gone before us, um, have sacrificed their lives for our nation, for our citizenship, and for our freedom. We want to acknowledge those and thank you for their continued service. But tonight, I want to continue to look at a different type of citizenship, that citizenship that Christ bought for us, Paul mentioned in his book of Philippians that our citizenship is in heaven. And I'd like to take a look at that heavenly citizenship. And I want to break it down into the three different parts. First, I want to look at the benefits of this citizenship to each and every one of us. Second, I want to look at the duties that we have as being citizens of heaven. And finally, look at how do we gain the citizenship. So let's begin by looking at uh, the benefits. So heavenly citizenship, what does it mean? Well, let's start just with uh, the, the term citizenship. What does it mean to be a citizen or hold citizenship somewhere? From dictionary.com, it says citizenship is the state of being vested with the rights, the privileges, and the duties of a citizen. So as citizens of the United States, we hold a lot of rights. Um, rights to freedom, rights to free speech, to bear arms, uh, we have a judicial system where we're innocent until proven guilty, and the list continues to go on. 
We know that as a citizen, uh, if we are um, getting in trouble abroad, um, that our country has our backs. They will do whatever it takes to get us home. And as a, a U.S. citizen, we hold a lot more rights than those in a lot of other countries. But let's take a look back at that definition of citizenship. It's not just that we have rights and privileges. There's more. Um, there are duties as well. And as a U.S. citizen, there's duties of paying taxes, voting, following laws, and so on. But how does this all relate to heavenly citizenship? Let's see what Paul has to say in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, starting in verse 20. Philippians, chapter 3, starting in verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So we see here in Philippians that we hold heavenly citizenship. Some scholars claim that there's only two citizenships, worldly and heavenly. Um, and others say that Christians uh, often hold this dual citizenship of both heavenly citizenship and worldly citizenship. And I, I kind of lean towards the side of holding that dual citizenship. But what uh, Paul is telling us it should be very encouraging. We hold a heavenly citizenship. To the Philippians, uh, here where Paul is writing to them, this would really jump out at them. This, the word citizenship. That was a very important thing in uh, those times. Roman citizenship by the, the folks in, in, in Philippi w w would have been a coveted thing. As you uh, might remember, there's many experiences of Paul the Apostles. Uh, one of them was when he was in uh, Philippi in Acts 16, after he was being beaten and imprisoned. He was about to be released in the morning hours, but the Apostles said... They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans. When the magistrates heard that, they feared when they understood that Paul was a Roman. And you see, as a Roman, they had the right to an appeal. As a Roman, he had an exemption from the degrading punishments the Philippians magistrates had given to him. Citizenship in Rome, within the Roman government, that was very, very important. We see another example of this. Uh, earthly citizenship that uh, um, in Acts 22 verses 22 to 30 Acts 22 22 to 30 the crowd listened to Paul until he said this then they raised their voices and shouted rid the earth of him he's not fit to live as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks he directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to his commander and reported it. What are you going to do? he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. And the commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. Paul, uh, but I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. 
The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chain. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, so the next day they released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. So we see even here, um, being a Roman citizen, just like being a citizen of the United States, held, held a lot of weight. Um, we have, uh, they had certain rights. So being called a heavenly, uh, a citizen of heaven, would have stood out a lot to, to the people in uh, Philippi. So what are some of these rights and privileges that accompany heavenly citizenship? To be a member of this kingdom of heaven, some of these include that we have God on our side. Think about the same example of our country coming knocking on other, another country's door, asking for us back to rescue us, ensuring that we have this justice, just as we see um, from Paul here. God is fighting that same fight. He's fighting for our spiritual freedom. He's helping us fight off Satan each and every day. We have Jesus' sacrifice to cleanse us from all of our sins and wrongdoings. And we also have a home in heaven that is awaiting us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, it says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostle and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, on whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. And again in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but you uh, are now the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We see in these two passages that as new creatures, after being born again, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. Our bodies become a dwelling place for our Lord. We are a chosen people, one that God is fighting for, one God is working on helping us transform into his own likeness. Our spirits are to dwell with God for all eternity, with many treasures laid out for us in heaven. There's a lot, a lot of, of uh, scriptures talking about the kingdom of heaven and what it means to each and every one of us and all the many benefits. Those are just a few examples for t this evening. So for the duties, these are all very encouraging things to hear about, all, all the benefits, but there's also um, some duties that we have. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 14 through 17, we read, For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruits of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for our souls as those who must give uh, account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. 
We see here that the author of Hebrews is speaking of us having no home here in this world, but he's giving us a lot, a list of duties that come as a result of our citizenship. We are to do good and to share um, the good news. Um, we are to obey those who rule over us and to be submissive. And Peter continues uh, in the passage that we just read a few moments ago, um, in First Peter uh, chapter 2, uh, continuing down in verse 11, with our duties and responsibilities as uh, heavenly citizens, as part of God's kingdom. And it reads, starting in First uh, Peter 2 and, and verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against you, live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. We are just abstain from our sinful desires to live good lives, to live under earthly rule, to show respect to others, love the family of believers, and fear God. These are just a, a small list of the duties that we have as Christians. I think uh, if we look back at uh, the passage in Philippians, um, in Philippians chapter 3, um, starting in verse 12, we see a very powerful message. In Philippians 3, verse 12 through 21, um, it reads, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Paul goes right out and starts to admit that he is not perfect, but he is pressing on. That I may uh, lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Part of the privileges with the citizenship is that Jesus holds on to each and every one of us. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So one of our duties here is to strive to be like him. And Paul continues, Therefore let us, as many um, as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God, re God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that uh, we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same minds, brethren, join in the following my example, and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is in their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Paul's even weeping while writing this. He struggles with their struggles, 
There are some among them who do not worship for the right reasons. Some who believe that um, they are forgiven of sins, so why not continue in sin? Kind of like we heard uh, from Brother Wayne this morning. Those who have forgotten their duties that come along with their heavenly citizenship. And finally, he concludes, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. What a passage here that we have. What an encouragement and a great reminder Paul lays out. Our duties include lifestyle changes, living lives where we continue to strive to be like Christ, where we also um, to live lives such that others around us will come to know Christ through our words, through our actions, and through our love. And our final duty uh, that I can't uh, uh, not pass up, uh, continuing to mention, is in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And it reads, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In the final uh, portion of tonight's uh, uh, lesson, how do we gain this citizenship? So we've talked a lot about this heavenly citizenship that we have as Christians. We've talked a lot about the privileges it carries and the duties that come along with it as well. But how do we obtain this? We obtain this citizenship through Jesus Christ our Lord by the sacrifice that he made on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. It is through baptism that we accept his sacrifice um, by and gain our heavenly citizenship. As it reads in Acts 2, uh, verse 37 through 41, the people were cut to the heart and said uh, to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, and for all um, whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the numbers that day. So tonight, let us recognize that we are called to be heavenly citizens. Let us be uplifted by God's promises to us as citizens. Let us recognize our duties. Let us strive to be Christ-like. Let us spread the gospel through our words, through our actions, and through our love. And tonight, let us be certain that our heavenly passport is sealed. An interesting quote uh, that, I, that I read as I was preparing this. Um, Set yourself on fire so that people will come from miles around to see you burn. I couldn't help but think of uh, the song Light the Fire. Not the kind of burning uh, that Wayne was talking about this morning, <laughs> the, the sinful burning. But... Uh, 
let your light shine. Set yourself on fire so that people will come from miles around to see you burn. If there's anything that you need tonight, prayers just uh, to talk to someone, something weighing down your heart, uh, where maybe you have not been fulfilling your responsibilities or your duties as a heavenly citizen, or you'd like to place your citizenship in heaven this evening, please come forward as we stand and sing the song of invitation.